You're listening to the Kicking the Balls podcast. Okay, everybody, we're back. This is the Kicking the Balls podcast. I'm John. And I'm Charlie. And this is the Kicking Balls podcast. You can, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at uh, jfuzzyc on the Twitters, and you can tweet both of us at Balls Kicking on Twitter. And you can get a hold of me at Charles Clinto, C H A R L E S C L I N T O seventeen on Twitter. Okay, Doke. Well, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here. And uh, we're going to start off with uh, last week's games. Our first game was L.A. Force and Stumptown, which ended in a... 1-1 draw. Yes, a 1-1 draw. Charlie, what were some of your takeaways from that game? Well, in my opinion, the thing that I took away from that is that Stumptown uh, did not play a complete 90 minutes. I feel like... When they scored in the second half, like around the 52nd, 53rd minute, they kind of took their foot off the gas pedals once again. And then LA Force came up and they played really well. I will say that I felt very surprised at how well LA Force played throughout that game. Seems like LA plays a lot better once they've been scored on. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely true. They did that in uh, the first half of the Detroit City FC game. They did this again against uh, uh, Stumptown. So, yeah, I definitely think that uh, right now LA Force kind of are a team that does better when they score last. (laughs) Okay. But uh, I do think, like, here's the thing. I think that it's very clear that Stumptown has a lot of talent the problem with them is just putting the whole thing together right now. It, it's not necessarily that the chemistry is necessarily off. It seems like there isn't a sense of urgency necessarily. Either that or it's like a matter of putting things together or making the right combination. So, for example, they've never played uh, Donald Manomna and, uh, Jalen Brown at the same time in the attacking midfield. And yet mm-hmm. both players have proven to be pretty effective at this, you know, even though, um, you would think you, you've got two of your best attacking players and they're not playing at the same time. I think that that's a little bit odd. Well, uh, Jalen was, uh, subbed f- for, Donald Benomna. Yeah. So I, I think they must be playing the same position right now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. And yet, like, I feel like these are kind of like the two players that you want alongside uh, Ryan Peterson in order to either get him the ball or to be able to get the ball from him when he gets double teamed which he gets a lot of that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, because they've been scoring mostly from... Uh, is there, Their midfielders have been scoring because uh, I don't think Ryan scored yet. No, he hasn't. I think it's Robertson... Pete, uh, not Peterson. Robertson, Brown, and... It wasn't Benomna. 
with somebody else who scored uh, the goal. Was it Espana? Espana, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, in my opinion, those two players, um, they really stand out. But at the same time, I feel like um, Stumptown's got to get better on defense. I feel like um, the goal that they let in was not exactly the most impressive. And even though I feel like their keeper played a much better game this time around, I feel like uh, the upcoming games are going to be a lot tougher for them. And um, yeah, LA, LA's goal was uh, Jimmy Villalobos, I think. Yes, it? it was. It was Jimmy. Yeah, he Villalobos. was a second half sub, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a goal that came out off of a rebound. Kind of yeah. similar to 1904's first goal the previous week. I feel like when he came in, the tempo really kind of revved up for L.A. Yeah, and they they the, they were attacking a lot more. It seemed like the end of the game they were they were really pressing. I feel that at the end, like basically for most of the game, I'd say that L.A. Force had the most possession. Yeah. I feel like they had the better chances than Stumptown, even in the first half. I feel like they kind of handled their business much more authoritatively than Stumptown did. Mm-hmm. They were unfortunate that they weren't able to get a second goal or able to um, prevent Stumptown from scoring first, but they still, I feel like, were the better team this time around. Which was interesting because last week I remember telling you that I thought that uh, Stumptown were going to win this game. Yeah, I thought they were going to win too. Yeah, I guess I've been proven wrong about them. You know, I keep seeing like all the talent they've got and I'm thinking to myself like they should be winning at least some of these games and not coming up with one point each. But uh, that seems to be the problem right now. They can't seem to get out of their own way. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. Okay, well, maybe we'll move on down to the next game. Yes, the most exciting game of this week and the only one that resulted in a victory, and that would be Oakland Roots versus Michigan Stars, which Oakland Roots won 2-1, to one, their first win in NISA. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yet with uh, Jack McInerney with two or one goal. He scored one goal. (laughs) Well, he had another goal which was disallowed, but it's hard to say. It was disallowed for uh, being offside. That was the official call. Now, in my opinion, I think that the goal should have been disallowed, but it looked to me like the ball hit his arm. Well, I don't know. The The ref didn't say anything about it hitting his arm. They did say that he was offside. It yeah. looked to me like he was onside. It did look like he was onside. I will agree with you there. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, anyway, so it was two two to one. Yeah. Um. What was it? Webb scored the goal for Michigan Stars, and that was an absolute... Wonder goal. And then there was another almost goal right after that. Yeah, it hit the the crossbar. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Michigan Stars played a lot better in this game than they did against Cal United. They were attacking a lot more in this one, and they were also trying to get 
uh, more going uh, just in general. One thing I will say about this game from Oakland's vantage point, I feel like Oakland kind of exposed a certain weakness in their game in this one. Oh, really? And that is they don't do a whole lot of attacking from the left side, if ever. It's like basically just everything's on the right side of the pitch. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they're really doing anything to kind of, you know, cross, make cross field passes or at least trying to switch sides of the field. It's like whenever they're on the left side, they get like within about 30 yards or so of the goal and then they just switch over. They don't try and continue and press the, their advantage on the left side. Hmm. And I feel like that's going to be something that is, uh, they're going to have to work on. It didn't affect them as much in this game. And they were able to have most of the possession and most of the opportunities. But the teams that are more talented and have, you know, better coaching, they're going to look at this and they're going to try to take advantage of that. Yeah, one of my big takeaways from this game was uh, Michigan Stars' defense. They're playing with five uh, five fullbacks and with uh, Gunny Bental and Patrick Sullivan as center backs. They're they're really they're really big guys that are tough to get around. And yeah. they pretty much break up every play that goes back there. And also the um, Zanin Machek, I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, uh, the guy with the... the, he's, the, the he's got very majestic hair, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's he, But he's very good. He's a very good player. He's a midfielder. Uh, seemed to be part of pretty much every attack that uh, Michigan Stars had. Yeah, had Maj- some good shots. Yeah, Majek seems to me like to be their primary engine, kind of similar to what Cyrus Sadie does for Detroit City FC. He's like a central midfielder who gets things going. Yeah. And I feel that um, he's probably going to be the guy who most defenses are going to key on because they are going to drop more and more people back, as evidenced by their five-man back line. Yeah. They're not going to get too many opportunities as a result, aside from like maybe set pieces. Yeah, I th- it seems like they they just you know they don't get a whole they don't get a ton of offense. They get ta- offense at times, but not not as much as they they really need. I don't think. I think that the thing with them is they need to be able to take the initiative. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that they're capable of doing right now. They're more used to being able to get attacks going via the counter, which can which is fine. And there are teams that are able to make that work. But I don't see this being like Leicester City from 2016. This this isn't that kind of situation where you can just be able to hold out for so long then hit them on the counter for two goals. And that's going to be the game. This isn't like the Foxes from that year. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like, I feel like they've got a ways to go. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. And 
I think that Oakland, if they can work on their left side problems, they're going to be a much more formidable team. Oh, yeah. And um, if they can be able to attack from both sides of the pitch, then they're going to be really difficult to beat. I think that they're going to be a threat to make the top four oh, yeah. at the end of the spring season. But I feel like they got to address that stuff first. Who would you say is uh, the the Roots players that really stuck out for you in, in that game? Well, first of all, would have to be Jack McInerney. Yeah, uh, definitely. He's been their goal scorer. He's going to continue to be their main guy. And I feel like, uh, I feel like he's going to, they're going to, you know, he's going to keep going at it until they stop him. Until anybody stops him. I thought Benji Hoya was, uh, pretty instrumental in a lot of, uh, he took, he had some good shots and he also was, I think, Seemed like he was the main guy setting up McInerney as well. Yeah, Benji Hoya plays almost like a false nine or some kind of like deeper lying forward. Mm-hmm. And Fondy seemed like he was uh, he was right up there with uh, McInerney a lot of times. If McInerney missed a shot, he would be the next one to kind of take a swat at it as well. One player who I feel like needs to be given some credit is Taylor Bailey. Taylor Bailey's been an incredible in goal for Oakland in these first two weeks. Yes, he's given up two goals, but he's also stopped a lot of shots. He did face a lot of shots in that game. Yeah, he's faced a lot of shots in both games so far, and he's been equal to the challenge. Now, I don't think that he's going to be able to win games by himself. He's not going to be able to win games without help by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. But I feel that like if they can improve their back three at Oakland and you know, we've seen that three, five, two can be really effective at this level in soccer, you know, in what Detroit city FC did last year. Mm-hmm. So I think that if, um, if Bailey gets more help on the back line, maybe if they put Wilfred Williams in more often, they'll be able to make more plays. They'll be able to get more stuff done. I forgot Wilfred was playing for them. Yeah. He hasn't played yet. That's the thing. He, had, he hasn't gotten into any of the games. Hmm. Also, speaking of people who haven't played... Um... Chattanooga? No, well, no, that McCruva still hasn't played for Michigan State. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That is weird. And that's, you know, I'm not sure what's going on there because I haven't seen anything on social media uh, indicating as to what's really going on there. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have yeah. to do some investigating and, and find that out. So far, it seems like Arshia Agababazade. Hopefully I said that right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Has been holding it down for the stars. And uh they they don't come away with a win. They've they have a loss, but but they, they did have some things that uh looked good for them. 
Yeah, now let's turn to uh, probably the most exciting of the two draws, Cal United Strikers versus 1904 San Diego, which, uh, in all honesty, I was really surprised by this one because I felt like 1904 should have won. I mean, they were disallowed a goal that they said was offside, and I slowed it down while I was watching it. And it, was it was onside. It was onside. It was totally onside. That was yeah, which is interesting because it was actually a pretty well officiated game because, you know, early on it was really chippy. Like there was a lot of like really physical, almost violent fouls going on in there. Uh huh. But they managed to, but the ref managed to keep things from getting out of hand. And I think that she did a better job than I think most refs would have done in that situation. She issued a couple of cards early on and the rest of the players got the message and there weren't any need for any ejections. Mm -hmm. That being said, I feel that uh, San Diego definitely showed that they could uh, take the in, in initiative in order to make attacking plays and be able to score goals. But the play, the man of the match by far would have to be Jean-Antoine, uh, their goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. He did so much right. He didn't just make saves. He also made the right calls for balls going out of play to make sure that they were going out for goal kicks and not corners in order to limit Cal United strikers from having too many set piece opportunities. He also distributed well in order to get the counter attacks started. He didn't have like the kind of mega boot that we know that Tatenda Makaruva has, but he knew where to distribute the ball. Yeah. Yeah. He did face a ton of shots. Yeah. Um, I think, according to my Kuju, which I don't know how they count shots because usually at the end of the night when I count my shots and, and their shots, they're not the same. But according to my Kuju, um, Cal Strikers had uh, about twice as many shots as 1904 did. And uh, he stopped them all. Yeah. So, and like there weren't any like no goals for Cal United Strikers. Like, Cal United, they had plenty of opportunities and they definitely had the upper hand at certain points in the match, but they never were able, they never looked like they were really capable of figuring out Jean Antoine or the 1904 defense or their back line. Cause like, it seemed like possession was pretty even throughout the match, but like whenever they were on the attack, they, I mean, Cal United strikers, they really didn't seem to be able to get like really pristine opportunities and just be able to put it in the net. Mm -hmm. Even when they got behind the defense, Antoine was there to kind of just stonewall them. Mm -hmm. And I feel that, uh, San Diego was really unfortunate that they weren't able to come away with three points, not just because of the disallowed goal in the second half, but because I feel like they really demonstrated that they were the better team this time around. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Although I, I got to mention uh, Cal Strikers, uh, Christian Therjung. 
Thurian. Thurian. He had a really good game, had a lot of shots. Yes, he did. Gustavo Villalobos, he had quite a few shots as well. Yeah, I feel like Christian was probably their best player in that game. He was playing more of a box-to-box role because he would be tracking back whenever 1904 were on the attack, mm-hmm. but he was always up there whenever the strikers were up in attack. So mm-hmm. he was able to basically go box-to-box for 90 minutes, which is pretty commendable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stamina, it's pretty remo- pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. And um, with that talked about, let's get into our predictions for this upcoming week. Now we have three matches once again. Yep. We have Chattanooga FC back from their bye week against Michigan Stars in their home opener at Finley Stadium. Now, John, what would you say is uh, your prediction for this match? I think Chattanooga's going to win, but it's going to be a low-scoring game just because it's going to be tough to score on that uh, five-man back line. And it seems like they're, they're, that is the one part of the Stars game that is really working. Those five guys back there and the two center backs that are just big walls in, yeah. front of the, <laughs> in front of the goal. So I think it's going to be one nothing CFC. I don't think the Stars are going to be able to score on uh, Chattanooga though because they 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 really don't have enough guns uh in offense. What do you think? I feel that Chattanooga is going to win 2-0. Um I feel that um Chattanooga is probably going to get pretty close to 60% of the possession in this game. Um I feel that uh Michigan Stars are just going to sit back and try to absorb as much punishment as possible and try and pick and choose their opportunities to go on the counter. And if I don't really feel like that style is suited to try and beat Phil D'Amico because Phil D'Amico is pretty alert when it comes to being hit on the counter attack. And we saw Mm -hmm. that last week against Oakland, whenever Oakland would try to do the counter attack, except for that one goal at the end of the game. So I feel that, um, And I feel that uh, when we saw Oakland beat Michigan Stars, we saw that the very big disparity in the talent between the two clubs. And we're going to see the same thing in this one as well. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, Chetta wins 2-0. There's going to be a lot of fans in the stands. Probably, I would think, at least 5,000 for uh, Chattanooga over at Finley this time around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they'll get a good crowd. It'd be fun to see how many they get. Yeah. But I'm sure they'll get a good crowd. It, Hopefully it's gonna it's, be, uh, that's going to be my favorite one to, to watch this weekend, I think. Hopefully it's a nice day, as opposed to last season where it just <laughs> rained almost every single game. Yeah, hopefully, because they certainly got their share of rain last season. Yeah. All right, well, I guess let's wander on down the road to Stumptown in L.A. So Stumptown is hosting 
LA. I feel that Stumptown has been probably one of the bigger disappointments so far this season. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at their roster, they seem to be a really talented club, but they don't seem to have it all together, especially on the back line and in their midfield, especially the defensive midfielders. They don't seem to have the chemistry right yet. So unless that comes together this upcoming week, I'm going to say that LA Force is actually going to win this one, 2-1. to one. And the reason why I say that is because LA Force, they played against a really good team in Detroit City FC and got shut out, and then they were able to bounce back and get a point against Stumptown. I feel like that's going to really boost their confidence going on the road for the first time. I also feel that um, unless Stumptown are able to get a really big crowd together, I don't feel like there's going to be that much of a home field advantage for them, at least on uh, this upcoming weekend. Okay, yeah, I I agree that uh, L.A., I, I, I think Stumptown has been a bit of a disappointment this season. And I think L.A. is going to come out. They've, they just faced uh, Stumptown. So I think they're going to come out and uh, they're going to, I think L.A. is going to beat them. I think they're going to win 2 nothing. And, uh, yeah, you know, maybe Jimmy Villalobos is going to come out and attacking like he did in the second half of the, the game this week, only maybe he'll start the game. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me if he scored. I've got them winning 2-1, to one, L.A. Force. Um, I think that uh, Villalobos probably should start. If not, he's probably going to come in at the beginning of the second half. Like he did at against... like he did yeah yeah I, I he was a really effective sub I'll, I'll say that as well I mean yeah yeah I I think L A two and Stumptown zero so yeah. okay so we've got one more game we've got Cal United Strikers in nineteen oh four this one is so much of a toss up this has got to be the biggest toss up of the whole thing. Because this could be the, 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 the tie this week. Seems like we've had a tie every week. We've had at least one tie every week so far. We've had two. Actually, really, we've had two ties each week. So the first week there were two ties. Stumptown in 1904. And then there was the Chatta oakland tie. And this past week there were two ties as well. So I don't have this down as a tie. But it definitely could be. And I feel like because the teams were so evenly matched going into last week and because 1904 played so well compared to their first game, I was very tempted to pick 1904, which I did not. I pick, I'm picking Cal United to win 2-1. to one. And the reason for that is partly because Cal United's going to be at home in front of their fans, which they draw quite a few of. And also because I feel that they are going to try and take this opportunity to learn from their mistakes on, in their attacking game. 
and I feel like they're going to be able to figure out what ways to break down the 1904 backline better. And I feel that like 1904, unless they kind of get lucky on the counter, they're going to have a harder time scoring in this upcoming match. Yeah, I've got uh, Cal United winning this one one nothing. I think uh, Cal United is probably going to come out and have a lot of shots like they did in the previous game. But uh, I think that uh, they're just they're. I I, th- I think that uh, you know being at home, they draw well at home, and. You know, it depends, I guess, on uh, 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 Jean Antoine. Jean Antoine. Jean Antoine. French. It depends on how good a game he has. I mean, if he's standing on his head, then it might be a 0-0 tie. I don't know. Or, or, I mean, 1904 could win. But I think Kelly United is probably going to come out and, and win one nothing just because their their offense, I think, is a little more power-packed than uh, 1904. I feel like this game has the potential to be kind of similar to the slugfests that you see in Liga MX, where you have teams that get a bunch of opportunities, but because the defenses are so tight, it's really hard to score. So it's going to be a lot of end-to-end action, but not a ton of scoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is what you generally see in Liga MX most of the time. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we are going to see you next week. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Balls Kick In. And uh, you can follow me, Charlie, at Charles Clinto 17 on Twitter. And I am at JFuzzyC on the Twitters. Okay, well, I guess we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.